This is Chapel Bell Curve. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And we are back here again today with a bonus episode with our good friend and resident wonderkind, mathematic <laughs> wonderkind, Ross Rutledge. Say hello, Ross. Hi, folks. Uh, and we are here today to talk with Ross for what we hope will be the first many times. And we wanted to use this opportunity to kind of do an evergreen episode where we just went through and sort of previewed what we have coming up with Ross and his numbers this year and did a little bit of a deeper dive into what exactly it is that Ross does, uh, who he is, and what he's kind of bringing to the table for CBC and uh, the sports world as a whole. I'll go ahead and say, let's go ahead and get the delusions of grandeur going right now. No reason to no reason to be humble. Anyway, so Ross, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you've, re- what you've been up to. So my name is uh, Ross Rutledge. Um, by day, I am an economist, and uh, by night, I build uh, predictive sports models for fun, uh, including some models that I have built with uh, Nathan and uh, a crew of other experts that we work with on on the CPC uh, or the yeah uh, or the CBC uh, Discord, um, and that includes two models: one which is forthcoming, uh, and one which we have uh, already published our first ratings for the year. And that one is uh, CBC R2. And uh, right. So I I think I think that's where we have to to start here is is with our preseason CBC R2 rating. Absolutely. So we just well, I say we Ross was very kind to say (laughs) Ross is very kind to say Nathan and some other experts. It's like Ross, two people with doctorates, doctorates, some doctorates. Someone with a lot of coding experience, and then me, an English teacher. So, but we've been working on this, and uh, Ross recently, I think a couple of weeks ago, published his first number. So, Ross, can you go ahead and just give us a background of what is CBCR2? What it, what are we trying to accomplish with it? What does it do well? Uh, and sort of help people who might want to check out your website, which is R2 Analytics, I believe, uh, and help them understand what they would be looking right. for. Right. Sure. Uh, so CBCR2 uh, is a power index, um, and it is similar to other power indexes out there, like like SP Plus and uh, ESPN FPI, uh, and then Brian Freemouse uh, uh, FEI. Um, and it was, unlike my other models, it is primarily built out using uh, theoretical um analysis where you uh test test the model uh based on based on the theoretical relationship that certain variables have with what you're trying to reject in this case we're trying to reject how well a team will do against a, an, an average college football team um and what we what i found after doing a lot of theoretical testing uh and working with the data was that you could probably take Bill Connolly's framework and simplify it a little bit. And by that, I mean, you have Bill Connolly's five factors, which by now are famous and probably famous amongst everybody who is listening to this podcast. They are uh, efficiency, explosiveness, uh, finishing drives and field position. Well, and I left one out turnovers. Um, And you can simplify that. You could probably simplify that a little bit more for the purpose of building a, a power index, which is which to me the point of a power index is to evaluate how much uh to evaluate uh 
how much better team A is than team B uh, on an average day. Uh, and what we found is that you can probably simplify the five factors into three. One is efficiency. Uh, two is a fi finishing drives. And three uh, are home run plays, big plays. Uh, so with efficiency, what we found is that there are uh, a number of variables that, that, that uh, can proxy uh, how efficiently a team can move the, the ball down the field. But the most important is actually something called the opportunity rate or the echo ratio. And the echo ratio is essentially how many, what percentage of a team's drives uh, end up progressing far enough down the field that they are in position to score. Uh, and in position to score is essentially within the within uh, 40 yards of the opposing team's end zone. So it's, you can think of it, to, to just briefly interrupt, you can think of it as how often at what rate are you getting into like what we would call the red zone or the Marines, the Maroon zone, right? Like, right. And what, what percentage of your drives? Exactly. Uh, it's a broader definition of red zone than is typically used. I think most people see that the, the, um, the last 20 yards or the last 25 yards as the red zone, but uh, that's essentially right. that that's the crux of what the opportunity rate is. And then, uh, you know, quite simply, Football is probably a simpler sport than most people realize. It's how many times does your team put yourself in an opportunity to score? And then once you put yourself in an opportunity to score, how often do you do it? And how well do you do it? Do you get, do you get a field goal or do you get a touchdown? Uh, and so it's the, the most important uh, uh, variable there is points per opportunity. These are variables, by the way, that some of, some of which, you know, Bill Connolly and SP Plus uses. Um, and some, he doesn't. Like I, for instance, I don't think he uses opportunity rate, and I think his model would be improved if he did. Uh, and then, lastly, you're looking at scores that happen from outside of the red zone or up outside of the opportunity zone, uh, and you want to make sure that your model is capturing that. So we have uh, explosiveness. We also have expected points added uh, to capture the, these very large plays that end up out. Uh, having a, an outcome or having a, an impact on the game and oftentimes a, a large impact on the game. Um, so there are other things, like field position. We, th this isn't to say that we don't account for field position and turnovers, but we think that those variables are largely subsumed uh, by the variables that we do account for. For instance, you're going to be more likely to be in the end zone or in the red zone if, you get if your team gets a lot of turnovers, um, and you're going to be more likely to be in in the opportunity zone uh, if your team uh, ha starts off with better field position uh, because you have a good defense. Uh, so, CBCR two is this type of model. We it's built using our own theoretical analysis, uh, and we've tested it, tried it out, revised it, and honed it uh, using traditional empirical methods. Just to go behind the curtain on that, like, I think the real impetus, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like the real sort of germination of this project was us talking about, well, what really matters? Right. And then everything sort of sprung out of just people, humans saying, what really matters in the game of football? And then testing if what was true about that, right? Exactly. Like, CBCR2 is something that you could, you could call uh, something that could give you intuition about the game. It was built using sort of 
more traditional methods that you would that an economist would use in, in building a, for instance, or writing a paper or building a model that they're going to use uh, to write a, an academic paper that would be submitted to a journal. Uh, it, it's built not necessarily to be the best projection source. It's built to make sense of a game. Uh, so we, we've created the model that we think um, has the best chance of of providing a good assessment of how much better team A is than team B. And it does that by by projecting a score against an average team. And then you can compare teams by how well they would both do against that average team. That makes sense. Yeah, but so what it doesn't do, just to kind of talk about your upcoming model, is, you know, we would never claim that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is that we would never claim that CBRC R2 is saying, well, if you're, if one team, if, if team A is 24 points above the average team and team B is 22 points above the average team, we're not necessarily predicting that team A beats team B by two points. Yeah, CBC R2 would be predicting that um, that team would beat uh, team A that uh, has a score of 24, would beat team B uh, that has a score of 22 uh, by two points. That would be the prediction. What, we, what we're not saying is that we have uh, such a high level of, of confidence in that projection that if Vegas were to differ by a point or half a point or even two points, that you should you should gamble on that. Yeah, it's more about the contours of the game and less about, well, we think this team's going to win 36 to 14 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at these models like SP+, uh, ESPN, FPI, and FEI, they don't really tend to beat the spread, right? They're, they're, they're not models that are, are, are built uh, with the purpose of beating Vegas. And if they could do so reliably, they, they might not be publishing it um, for free. And well, so speaking of which, that leads us to kind of your second model, which is the upcoming, the, the soon to be released, I believe in the next few weeks, uh, Sam, uh, which is a, a much different, uh, much different bag of tricks. That. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about what's going on there? Sure. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. It is a, an ongoing project that I, I've dubbed uh, uh, CBCR2 SAM. That model is sort of the analog to an NFL model that I've already built. Uh, and, and in that case, I have uh, rigorously tested it uh, over a period of how many years? I think eight years. Uh, it beats the spread on average 53% of the time, uh, including some years where it even exceeded uh, 55% of the time. In that testing, I'm I'm using I'm not using any data for that that wasn't available before the kickoff of the games that I'm projecting. So in that case, these are these are projections. The the model would produce the, the same projection had I been back in the past. And, and made that projection back then. What I what I hope to build, and by the way, maybe I'll pause before I go down that avenue and say that the, the reason that I think that uh, uh, R2 Roy does so well is because it includes much more information than something like CBCR2 does. Uh, it uses cut of the, uh, uh, cutting edge uh, uh, machine learning techniques uh, to and, and includes a vast data set of over 3,000 variables, uh, which includes but is not limited to cl uh, climatic data, uh, home specific, team specific home field advantages, uh, team specific uh, away performance, 
um, field surface, whether you're playing on the dome or playing in the dome or outside, uh, and, and, and many, many more uh, statistics, days rest, for instance. Um, so all of these things can chip away at the remaining uh, error that you see in, in a model like CBCR2 and ultimately contribute to making sharper projections, at least against the spread. Uh, and I have, I have uh, a couple of blog posts um, up on r2sportsmetric.com uh, that explains uh, why I think that R2 Roy uh, does perform so well against the spread. So to be clear, R2 R2 Roy R2 Roy is your NFL model, and then we have the forthcoming R2 Sam, which is the college football model. So I, I also have a, an introduction to CBCR2 up on R2SportsMetrics.com. But CBCR2 Sam will be is essentially the the college football version of of R2 Roy. Uh, it will include much more information. It will include these non-football uh, related uh, variables such as uh, climate, whether the game is indoors or outdoors, whether the surface is uh, grass or turf, many, many things like that. Include time zone, home uh, team specific uh, home field advantage, travel distance, etc. Uh, and, and hopefully cl uh, climate data as well. And all of these things can can chip away uh, the the remaining error that you have in your model. This and and for these reasons, I think I think CBCR two Sam will perform similarly to uh, R two Roy. So I just I want to interject for people who are listening. Fifty three percent against the spread is very very good. Yes. Uh, it doesn't that that is like make money at this on an annual basis. Good. Fifty three percent. We might not think of like in you know test grade wise to be a good grade, but that is actually th those are excellent numbers for CBCR Roy, and I think we're hoping for same to be the same. And before we kind of move on to specifically what um, specifically what we're looking at this season so far with the with these numbers that we have, I, I do want to briefly touch on what you were, you were talking about earlier with machine learning. So just to be clear, uh, whereas we talked earlier about how CBCR two that was just us sitting down talking about what's important in football. Uh, what you're basically doing is you're giving a, a machine learning algorithm all of this data, and it is selecting what is important, correct? Right. Uh, CBCR, uh, I'm sorry, uh, machine learning definitely helps with, with a number of things, uh, including if, if for, for those that are familiar with, with, uh, with linear modeling, using a machine learning linear technique uh, helps with two things. One, multicollinearity. It will penalize uh, variables that uh, that uh, have a high degree of of, uh, of, of, of covariance or correlation, uh, so that you don't end up double counting the same impact of of two different x's that are very similar on a y, on a y or on a variable. And then two, it helps prevent overfitting, and overfitting is a technical statistical term for essentially uh, over-modeling something, providing too much information to to a projection system such that it, it doesn't really know which way to go from from the, the current position uh, it, or from the present position. It, it, it uses a lot of techniques that we can we can get into, but I, I don't think we want to make this a, a machine learning uh, uh, lesson. 
what it allows us to do is just test out a whole lot of different models and pick the best one. If I had to simplify it to anything other than that, other than that it, it's that. We get to test out a whole lot of models uh, very efficiently, and it spits out the one that, that performs the best on whatever diagnostic statistic I choose to use um, to predict the, to, to pick the best model. Using that technique, uh, we can uh, hopefully uh, locate a, a, a model that will predict better than most other models, if not be the best model available. That's awesome. super cool. Yeah, I, we're building I, Skynet. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> want to emphasize this is like from our perspective, from Justin and I's perspective, uh, we feel like that Ross gives us a, a reason to listen to the show that no one else has. And if you, I mean, obviously you are partially here because you can put up with our horrible personalities, <laughs> but obviously, but, but also, you know, we think this is something that no one else has. And I, I hate to, normally my default instinct is to talk incessant trash about this program because I, I don't know, I was raised in a, a Protestant Christian household. <laughs> uh, but I do think that this is something really special and we're really excited to be working with Ross and we think... We, we think that Ross is going to be like the next big thing. And we're going to be able to say like, oh, we knew Ross before he was big. So we knew him when he was Dr. Bell Curve. We, yeah, we knew him when he, <laughs> when he was just a, a, a humble man on a Discord server. Um, but well, let, let's let's transition into I know we don't have our Sam numbers yet, but I, I, I would like to we I talked a lot in both of our preview episodes that people will have already heard at this point about sort of. A, a very a much worse explanation of CBCR2 and just sort of some of my observations. But looking at, you know, what CBRC2 has given, CBCR2 has given us coming into the season, is there anything that stands out to you or anything that you are excited about to talk about these numbers? That you've is there anything that stands out? That I, well, the first thing that stands out about the preseason CBCR2 ratings is that, well, it's very similar to a lot of other projection outlets that with preseason ratings right now. We have the top three Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Everybody has the, those top three. Uh, right now, we have Georgia on top. That's unique. But it's pretty much a three-way tie. I, uh, For folks that are looking at it and see Georgia on top of the preseason uh, CBCR2 ratings, I would, I would caution them uh, against uh, bragging about it because this is effectively a tie. They're only separated by uh, 0.35. Uh, and in fact... Uh, Ohio State and Alabama are separated by only 0.01. So, and and then we have uh, Notre Dame fourth, which I think is unique. But again, there's a there's a a tier below the top three that goes four deep. They are Notre Dame, Clemson, Michigan, and Texas A and M. That strikes me as roughly similar to most other models out there. And I guess one reason why I, I I'm I'm highlighting where we are versus other people on the preseason ratings is that there really isn't that much more information. Everybody's got operating on the same information right now. So it, it makes sense that everybody's coming out with, with similar results. Now it, it is worth saying that our numbers are, we are calling them preliminary right now. And that's because we don't have the two, four, seven uh, talent index out there. The CBCR two preseason model is a machine learning model. It's not built up from theory like like um, like CB, the CBCR2 model that we use when the, the season is actually uh, happening. 
uses a lot of different information uh, and uses all types of ways to slice and dice uh, talent, returning, returning production, uh, past performance, so on and so forth. For, mo for the most part, returning production is the most important. Uh, how well your team did at the simple rating system, which is essentially opponent adjusted points uh, in the previous year and in the previous the year before that uh, are the are the next most important variables different versions of, of how you slice and dice uh, talent ratings. Uh, and the, the 247 talent index, which is sort of like your current stock of talent on your team, are not available right now. Uh, but what we did do is impute those using our large data set that we used to con uh, construct the CPCR2 preseason model. That was interesting. And I, I'm not sure if there's anyone out there with, with numbers like this, like that we have with our talent projections. But we have Alabama at the top, uh, and in fact, we have them at a rating of 10.27, uh, which would be, if that were actually to, to be the rating, uh, would be the highest rating by far that's ever um, that, that's been, ever been recorded in that index, which has only gone back to 2014. But everybody knows about the run of talent and, and uh, recruiting that Alabama has had under Nick Saban. Uh, so we're, we probably are talking about uh, the most talented team of all time that Alabama is going to field this year. Uh, Georgia is number two at uh, coming in at 993, which is still a very, very high rating. Uh, we've got Ohio State at, uh, at number three at 984. Uh, and then Texas A&M rounding out the top four at 946. That has to be largely driven by, you know, highest or highest rated recruiting class ever coming in this year as a freshman class. And, and that also likely explains how Texas A&M, uh, who was, you know, uh, let's see what they were last year. I think they were somewhere in the, the 10 to 15 range in CBCR2 has jumped up to this this uh, second tier. These, these numbers are going to change uh, when the ratings actually come out. And then I'm just following this up. Texas A&M was... was the 10th rated team last year in CBCR2. So um, Ross, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us and telling us a little bit about this. I know we will hear much more from you this season. I'm very excited to see that as well. Tell the folks at home, if you could please, where they can find you once more, that website and anywhere else that people could get plugged in. And um, if you have a potential date of when that 24 seven, um, two, four, seven index will come out sure. uh, and when people might expect that. So the two, four, seven, uh, talent index should come or usually comes out like a week before the season. So it will be a mad scramble, uh, to update the model and get Sam done, uh, and, uh, have projections for, uh, that week one. And so those, those week one projections, if Sam lands before the season starts, which I hope it and plan for it to, they will, come right before the season starts that that first week then if you want to see more or read more about my models or see what else that i do uh you know I, i've already talked about nfl roy um i also have built a, a probably my, my my best statistical achievement or best modeling achievement is the um r2 dead fantasy football model that i've built to be compatible with uh, DraftKings daily fantasy sports then CBCR2 is up there, and it will it will host um, uh, CBCR, uh, CBCR2 Sam uh, when it's available. Uh, th those you can uh, view on r2sportsmetrics.com, uh, and you can find me uh, at dogquant 
dot com. Of course, of course, dog spelled D A W G, uh, and that's not dot com. That's my Twitter uh, handle. A little slip of the tongue there. We will see you very soon. Um, as we say on Chapel Bell Curve, we will catch you in the Classic City and whereabouts uh, all of us all are. And until then, go, go dogs. dogs.